0: Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The Hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob.
1: I walked in through the door and i remember a few of the counselors from the first time that i was in rehab for the same addictions and they were like vasavi we're so happy to have you here we're so happy to have you back and i just remember thinking what the hell is going on
0: like right right when you walk in they call you out they know right
1: right when i walk in they remembered who i was they were happy to see me obviously they're happy to see me because they know i'm there trying to get help and I and I appreciate that, but for me, as a woman who has strived very hard to try to be the best version of herself, and and has really gone through you know many hiccups in her life, as you as you mentioned, in that moment, I said to myself, I don't want to be associated with this anymore.
0: Hey, this is Dr. Rob Bell. If you want a free ebook, the best mental toughness quotes that will make you better, just text Dr. Rob Bell. That's D R. R-O-B-B-E-L-L, to this number, 33444. You'll get a download right away. All right, so our guest today is a uh, licensed therapist coach. She's a speaker, and one of her words is relentless. I think you'll really like this guest because she's full of energy. Her aura is very impressive. And the reason why we're interviewing this guest today, for a few reasons. But first, she's a first-generation Indian American who grew up traditional Hindu household in in New York, but a predominantly all white town. So when that happens, and she'll probably share this, but identity then became a struggle. Um, we have uh, reached out to each other because this is a podcast about mental toughness and hinge moments, which she has an amazing one about. She has in the mental toughness piece in her life has been overcoming mental illness, divorce, addiction. And, of course, probably the best part about life, although the most difficult, is recovery. So taking a lot of wrong turns in her life, unhealthy decisions, toxic relationships. But she is about knowing yourself so you can do, be, and have anything you want. And this is a concept that sounds so simple, but, boy, this is very difficult to have. Our guest today, Vasavi Kumar. Coach, how are you today?
1: I am doing great, Rob. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks so much for, uh, for being here and joining us. You know, uh, one of the reasons why I reached out to you, and I think let's just start and let's delve in. You, you talked about one of your hinge moments happening, you know, it was a year ago, um, having an issue with addiction and then coming into recovery. Can we start with that and tell us through that story?
1: We can absolutely start with that because that, is the, that was the moment in my life, in my 37 years of existence that allowed me to really stop and question everything that I believe to be true about myself. So March 26th of 2019, I checked myself back into rehab for the second time. And I say the second time uh, emphatically because I'm a thorough learner. I didn't learn my lesson the first time so I had to go back to rehab so I could really address my addiction to alcohol, cocaine, men, and just life and toxic, you know, just toxicity. And more than that, really ask myself, why do I keep allowing certain people, places, and things into my life? So here I am, March 26, 2019. I walked back into my um, residential treatment here in Austin, Texas. I walked in through the door and I remember a few of the counselors from the first time that I was in rehab for the same addictions. And they were like, Vasavi, we're so happy to have you here. We're so happy to have you back. And I just remember thinking, what the hell is going on?
0: Like right, like, right when you walk in, they call you right, out. They never remember you. Right,
1: right when I walk in, they remembered who I was. They were happy to see me. Obviously, they're happy to see me because they know I'm there trying to get help, and I and I appreciate that. But for me, as a woman who has strived very hard to try to be the best version of herself, and and has really gone through you know uh, many hiccups in her life, as you as you mentioned, in that moment, I said to myself, I don't want to be associated with this anymore. I was not put on this earth to be an addict and alcoholic. So God, whatever lesson you need me to learn, I'm gonna do it right this time and I am never gonna come back into rehab again. I will never, I will never come back here again. And I made up my mind to do whatever I have to do to get better and to recover and to heal. And I did something that I don't normally do, Rob, I shut up and I stopped acting like I knew it all because I am, you know, I I have a pretty big ego and I know that and I had to learn that through the 12 steps looking at my character defects, talking to my sponsor, and I I remember saying to my counselor, Carl, I love him, I said, Carl, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I will never come back here again, but if you just tell me everything I have to do, I'll do it. And he said, okay, well, And he listed it out like, I need you to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I need you to start working with your sponsor. I need you to go through the steps again. I need you to delete people out of your life, separate yourself from people who are just not adding value to your life. Just boom, boom, boom. All the stuff that we've heard, I'm sure you've heard everything that I'm saying to you. I'm sure, I mean, even your listeners are maybe hearing things. They're like, oh, yeah, but that's like obvious. That's simple stuff. Well, guess what? It's the simple stuff that I wasn't doing because I thought I had all the answers. And so- I'm really happy we're starting here because that really was that hinge moment for me. And by the grace of God, that's why I'm here today and almost a year sober as we yeah. record this today.
0: So you walk into the second time, can you bring us back to that actual moment and what that felt like when they call out your name and, and then you, you have that decision. What,
1: what did that feel like? What was that like? I was absolutely humiliated. I was absolute. I felt so small. I felt dirty. I felt so, I was so disappointed in myself. Um, Just to backtrack, a week before I checked myself into rehab, I was let go from my TV hosting job. I was a co-host of a morning show here in Austin. So prior to checking myself into rehab, I was living this life, you know, I'm on live television every morning, waking up Austin every morning, you know, glammed up, head to toe, makeup done, hair done, all the things done, but I'm still drinking. Every Friday, Saturday, like the rest of America, right? Friday rolls around, let's get drunk because we hate our lives. That was me. So I went from literally being live, personality, blah, 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 and then I'm walking into rehab, sweats on, feeling completely just empty. Like I had nothing, but I was humiliated beyond belief and I was extremely disappointed in myself. And and I, I, I felt very small. Small is the word to describe it. Because here's the thing, Rob, I had in my mind built up this persona of who I thought I should be. And I was really good at projecting that to the outside world. Um, you want to talk about imposter syndrome, I was a, I was a living example of that, right? So really projecting this image of like, look at me, you can do, be, and have anything that you want. Look at Vasavi, right? But inside, struggling with this cocaine, struggling with this alcohol addiction. So it had all come, you know, full circle. And I was confronted with myself. That was
0: it. So you know one of your message then is is knowing yourself. When mm-hmm. when that disconnect is you there. Got to know. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, um when that yes. disconnect is there. So when you have that projection, so in one hand like your the addict and the ego is saying, well this is me, but then deep down then we know like our true self and, and we're not living that that life. Um mm-hmm. Again, I guess my question cuz this gets really difficult, but in terms of like um knowing yourself, how did you reconcile that? Like how did um how did that transformation and recovery like take place for you?
1: What I had to get very clear on with myself And I've done a lot of introspection from a very young age. I just want to say that I checked myself into therapy when I was 12 years old, by the way. Uh, I just felt like something was not right. I just needed somebody to talk to. The way I reconciled that, though, was I had to get crystal clear and rigorously honest about the lies that I was living, was telling myself and the lies that I was telling other people. And I'm not talking about lies even though, you know, like, oh, I weigh 150 when I really weigh 160. I'm not talking about those lies. I mean, what what, all that falls under the umbrella of just lying. What are the masks that I'm wearing? What is it that I want you to see versus how do I really feel? Am I projecting, am I projecting this? I'm really confident and I'm really this, but inside I am so insecure. It was that that I have to reconcile. And then, okay, if I'm projecting this confident part of myself but behind closed doors I feel insecure I have to reconcile those insecurities what was the what, what is it that's still making me feel insecure what is it that's still making me feel not good enough i'll tell you this i could i could finish a really great podcast interview just like this or i could finish working with you know a bunch of clients and be giving and really helping people but but when i'm done for the day I used to feel so empty, or I'd be live on television and as soon as the cameras were done, I'd feel empty. It was that emptiness that I had to address. Why, even though I am out there and I am doing these things and I'm, you know, all the bright and shiny, why do I feel so dull on the inside? And it was the dullness within and the emptiness within that I had to reconcile, and the first way that I did that was by getting sober and to stop running from my mind and stop running from myself.
0: Talk, um, talk about like then, because I know there's listeners that are there that, that feel the same exact thing, right? Like mm-hmm. we try to medicate it through, you know, sometimes through drugs and alcohol, sex. Sometimes it's through achievement though, right? Through performance, mm-hmm. through yes. the pats on the back. Uh, what did that emptiness, like how did you reconcile that? Like what, what obviously there was something feeding it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but how How did you come to get better with, with that piece of you?
1: That's such a good question. I want to say this to your listeners. My my uh, my addiction was cocaine and alcohol. Yours may be sex. It may be gambling. It may be whatever. Everyone has their version of cocaine addiction. Right. Right, Like so. So first step is to get rigorously honest with yourself. What is the thing that you are fueled by? And if you didn't and if it was taken away from you tomorrow, would you still feel good about yourself? If, 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 you know, if you're listening to this and you are a six, seven, eight figure entrepreneur and all that money was wiped out of your account, how would you feel about yourself if you didn't have that? So first thing is ask yourself all the things that you're after and that you need, if you, you need it, if it was taken away from you, how would you feel about yourself? But the way that I got through it, Rob, is that first I got sober, but it was really, when I had to experience certain emotions, because as human beings we have a range of emotions, I didn't run from it and I didn't numb it. And so let me paint a visual because I know this sounds, like it sounds so fluffy to say it. Like, oh yeah, just don't run from your feelings or your emotions. But I went through a breakup um, in October Mm -hmm. And previous breakups, I've always medicated. I've always drank. I've always gone to the next guy, next relationship. I'm a, I'm a serial monogamist and, uh, or I would, I would use cocaine to deal with this. But this last breakup, which was in October and I'd already had a few months of sobriety and you know, just because I had what, like April, May, June, July, like seven months sobriety doesn't mean it it gets any easier. Right. 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 You're still confronted with life, but I remember sitting on my couch. I didn't have the boyfriend anymore. I didn't have the cuddle buddy. I didn't have my guy that I could talk to. I didn't have any of it. It was just me and my golden retriever at home. And my mind is spinning being like, okay, well, maybe you need to go eat something. I was like, no, I'm not hungry. I just ate, right? Or maybe you should just binge watch some some you know stuff on Netflix. That's fine. You want to watch a show. But I could tell that my mind was... Reaching, It was reaching, trying to find the next thing to just make these feelings go away. And I just sat there, cross-legged, wearing my black Nike sweatpants, my gray hoodie, hair up in a bun. And I just remember sitting there, and I just looked up at the ceiling, and I was like, God, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Just like, what do I need to do right now? And I just remember hearing a voice say back to me, you don't have to do anything. Just sit right now. Just sit. Just sit. Sit through it because you got to go through it and grow through it. Right. It's not just going through it. You got to grow through it. And when you go through it, you you grow, you grow from going through it. And I didn't do anything. So here's the thing, Rob, I don't have a step by step strategy like, well, this is how you you just sometimes you got to just pause and allow that discomfort, that angst, that agita, that something's not right here, something, you know, I got to fix it. You got to just sit t- sometimes and just flow with it. It will pass. This too shall pass. Right. It's not just, you know, a cheesy tattoo anymore. It's the truth. You, It will just pass if you just sit with it. That's what I did. I sit with it and I sit through every, everything. And sometimes I walk, right? I, I One hour hike yesterday, no phone, no nothing, just walked, sat with my thoughts. Talk to my mind. Got to know my mind. And that's the beauty of when you sit with yourself, you get to know your mind, become allies with your mind rather than letting your mind control you. And yeah. I I would like to say my my most favorite and loving relationship that I have right now is the one that I have with my mind.
0: With um so did you audibly hear your higher power speak to you then?
1: There let me say something. First of all, resounding yes, I audibly heard my higher power talk t- talk back to me, and thank God for that, because in the height of my addiction, I'm going to get a little graphic here. Sure. Uh, I, re- I remember this was back in 2017, the first time right before I went to rehab. I remember it was like height of my addiction using cocaine six days a week. It was a Wednesday night because, you know, um, I never had any designated days, right? It was just forever. Done working with my clients, I would. I would any use. any day that and ends with why, like,
0: right?
1: Any day that ends with why, I'm down to party. Yeah, so I bent over on my kitchen counter, dollar bill rolled up, ready to snort a line of cocaine. Snorted my line of cocaine, got back up, felt instant relief, and I just said out loud, "Well, I guess this is just the way life's gonna be, right? Like this, this is just it. This is the, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be use, I'm gonna be a cokehead for the rest of my life." And I waited to hear that voice that I'd always heard so often, like Vasavi, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. This is just a bad period in your life. You're gonna get through it. I heard nothing back, because at that point, I'd lost all connection with myself and with my higher power, and I was fully addicted to that substance. And that substance can be God, um, my bad, that, that substance can be can be a guy, can be a drug, can be alcohol, it could be anything, whatever that thing is, right? When you start to replace yourself, your connection with yourself, your higher power with a person, a place or a thing, you've lost all connection with yourself and that's what had happened. So I audibly heard that voice back to me. And I, I, I have conversations with that voice, that inner voice, you wanna call it God, higher power, higher self, multiple times throughout the day because that is the most reliable relationship that I have. Humans will always fail me, Humans will let me down. Humans will disappoint me. My higher power will never let me down, ever.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the honesty you sharing with this. And um, do we, in terms of like just working with individuals and then working with yourself, um, do we do we have to hit rock bottom? I mean, do we have to hit that absolute, you know, piece where we feel humiliated and there's absolutely nothing we can do? Where we're just hey, what? You tell me what I need to do, and then I'm going to do it. Do we have to do that? Do we have to reach that point in order to get better.
1: I, you absolutely do not have to hit that. Uh, you do not have to hit rock bottom. In fact, what I want everyone to know is, yeah, I, I, I don't want you to hit that. You right. don't have to because if you're listening to our conversation, if you're, you know, for 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 all you listening, if there's anything that we're that you know, Rob and I are talking about that is slightly uncomfortable and triggering for you, that triggering feeling right now, you being triggered, you being uncomfortable is enough for you to make that change. Because if there's something inside of you that's like, oh, this is, this is getting under my skin. I don't like this. I don't like what she's saying because I may be a mirror for you right now. I'm probably saying something that you've been denying or you've been ignoring. Just saying it. And if, if, if you are getting slightly annoyed by me or slightly irritated or triggered by me, or if there's a voice inside of you that's like, oh man, this doesn't feel good that's your version of your rock bottom. That's your version of, you know what? Maybe this is the light bulb moment that I needed. Maybe this is the kick in the pants that I need to make that change. You do not have to burn your life to the ground like I did. You don't.
0: What were, um, so growing up, um, what were the issues that you think fell to that, uh, you know, that fed that feeling of just not being good enough?
1: So I, um, I will say first and foremost, I love my mother and father very much, okay? They're they're Indian immigrants. They've worked their butts off to, to give my sister and I the life that we had growing up. They came here in the 70s to the US. There are a lot of high expectations, right? It's It's a typical immigrant story. We came from India. We came here with nothing. We're giving you everything. I was not allowed to be a failure. I would come home with a ninety-five, and my mother would say, "What happened to the other five points?" Right. So that—that's yeah. level of excellence that I grew up in. I am not allowed to screw up, Rob. I have a very high standard of excellence for myself. So, and, and I was just always the black sheep at home growing up. I was—I was the one that always questioned why. I—if if my mom said no to me, I said why. I just want to know why. Tell me why you're saying no. I just needed to know, right? So I was a troublemaker. Let's just say, if I—if I had to fit that little, you know, archetype or that role. So I never quite felt like I belonged at home and then I would go to school and I grew up on Long Island, New York. My family was like one of three Indian families and so I had to deal with that at school. Oh, uh, does your dad uh, go to work at 7-Eleven? Why does your mom wear a red dot on her head? Uh, uh, Does your family have cars or do you guys ride camels? And uh, of course with the Simpsons and Apu, I mean I had to hear all of it, right? So I I I was too Indian for the white kids at school. And then I would come home and I was just too, I was too, you know, naughty or, or, you know, and I would try to acclimate and try to be more Americanized. But then my mother would say, don't try to be like them. You're Indian. Right. So who am I? Where do I belong? How do I fit in without molding myself? And so I eventually had to learn how to, in order to just fit in and keep up with the joneses and i remember every day for me rob walking to school was so anxiety producing because i didn't know what i was going to be teased for that day Hmm. so i remember saying to myself just keep your mouth shut don't raise your hand in school just just try to make light with everybody just be nice right be nice be nice don't rock the boat so i became a people 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 pleaser chronic people pleaser and that has definitely eaten me up and and uh Part of the reason why I probably stayed in relationships longer than I should have because I didn't want to be mean and leave anybody. Probably the reason why I attracted toxic people in my life because I myself was broken and so I attracted broken people. And growing up, um, by the way, looking back on all of it, I don't regret anything. I'm right. very proud of the work ethic that I have, the moral compass that I have that it took me a long time to get back to, the values that my parents instilled in me, but I I had to, I I could only get back to this place by, I had to go off the beaten path completely. And then I had to find my way back to me, whoever that is. And I had to kill off those voices in my head. The voices of my parents, the voice of the Hindu religion, the voice of the Indian culture, the voice of white America, all the kids at school that made fun of me. I had to kill everybody off in my head and start really understanding what does Vasavi think about this? How do I feel about certain situations? How do I want to live my life? It took me a while to get there and you know, it is what it is.
0: You know, with that, um, so all the experiences and and the identities that you were kind of wrestling with, I mean, help us like, well, help me understand then, how do you be able to answer the question, especially like as a a young girl, like, you know, who am I? And I know that's not like a one-time question, but I mean, that's a process that evolves. Like, when did you be able to start to answer that question in terms of like who you were?
1: Um, I would say, so you have to understand because of my Hindu background, right, in our religion, in our way of life, it says that who we are is simply our awareness. Okay. I am not, I mean, yes, on paper, right? I, I am my two master's degrees, I'm my Ivy League education. I am my I am my culmination of memories, experiences, and blah blah blah. But who am I is whoever I choose to be. Who am I is my consciousness. I am pure awareness. That is it. And it's funny. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Rob. Do you, you ever feel like sometimes you're just floating, watching yourself like operate through life, and like you're you're in your body, or like or like even if you're playing golf, sometimes like it's like you're watching yourself playing this game. But you're it's not like you, Rob the human, but like you're you're just watching yourself. I feel like that most of the time. I know this sounds really kind of out of the ordinary, but it's like I I'm Vasavi. I'm this Indian woman. Who has gone through the set of experiences that have brought me to be who I am today? Yes, but I'm also just—I just be, I just am. I—I—I I, I enjoy defining myself in that way. You know what I mean? I—I just, I just am, and uh, I get to be whoever I tell myself that I want to be. If I—if I want to be, if I, I want to be, be rude and unkind, I'm rude and unkind. If I want to be like this, I'm like this. I get to choose in that moment. I am free will. I am choice. I am awareness. That's it. So
0: give, give me an example then. Um,
1: yeah. I, w- I would say, I would say, so that hinge moment that I talked to you about,
0: Yeah.
1: when I decided I am no longer this person, I had identified up until that second time in rehab, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm this unlovable person, I'm just always going to be a hot mess, I'm just always going to have chaos, I am, I am, I am. But everything following I am up until that point was always so dark. Right. And there there was, there, was lacked fluidity, there lacked grace, there lacked self-love and self-respect for myself. And I decided in that moment, I am no longer going to identify with the brokenness all the time because I was really good at identifying with the brokenness. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the damsel in distress. I'm the girl who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when she was 20. I'm the addict, I'm the alcoholic, but I'm also this TV personality and I'm this. So I had this, duality within me. I did, right? On the one end, right? I'm bright, shiny object. On the other end, like dark demon running from myself. And in that moment, in that hinge moment, I just said, I am going to stop identifying with all of this and whatever is meant to come from here, I'll figure it out as I go along, but I'm no longer identifying with this. I didn't reject that part of myself. I want to make that very clear. It wasn't like, I don't like that part. It, there was no like and dislike. I just, in that moment, chose, I no longer want to identify with that part yeah. of myself. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, be that person. I get to be whoever I choose to be. That is very hard for people because outgrowing ourselves, outgrowing our family, outgrowing our friends, but mostly cutting ties with the most toxic person in my life, I, I was cutting ties with that former version of myself. It was nobody else. Nobody else was holding me back. I was holding myself back.
0: Right. And I I think that's such a profound statement there because I kind of want to delve into that a little bit. So, I mean, you identified then and I am, and then it was, you know, Robert Downey Jr. said this. It was like, um, he he called it hugging the cactus. And I always always thought that. was like, boy, that's such a righteous statement, man, because what I want to do is I want to go and I just want to pull out all the weeds, right? Like, I pull out all the weeds, man. Let me just look at all the nice flowers that I've got. That part is what I want, but... But we've got to be able to hug that cactus with, with your identity then, and then awareness. You talk about knowing yourself. How is it that we make that progression from, you know, I'm, I make mistakes, but I'm not that shame. I'm not that guilt into a better version of ourselves. Is that something that we just need to say to ourselves on a more consistent basis? Do we need to be quiet? Like you mentioned, like, how do we associate and identify more with the positive part of ourselves?
1: It's a combination of sitting still, and we've already talked about, you know, sitting in quiet, but I will say the most valuable conversation you can have is the, one, is, is the one that you have with yourself, right? Here's the thing. You could be saying one thing to one person, but you have a whole nother inner dialogue going on inside. And we know when we're being manipulative. We know when we're being selfish. We know when we're being righteous, prideful, and we try to mask it as, oh, I'm just being generous. I'm just being this, I'm just being that. You gotta hug that cactus within you. I am very clear that when I, if I've ever wanted something in the past, I know how to manipulate my way to get anything. I know how to tell, I know exactly what to say to butter you up to get what I want. I know exactly how to seduce a man. I know exactly how to get what I want from a man. I know exactly the kind of insecure man that I need to date to get what I want. And I just you openly. And just like that, I know, I know the parts of myself that I don't want anyone to know. But the reason why I can so openly say that to you is because those are my cactus needles. I know that about myself. I know that um, from a very young age, I have been manipulative. I know that I love to gossip. I love to triangulate. Oh my God, I put me, my mom, and my dad in the same triangle and try to pin everyone. I'm very good at blackmailing and guilt tripping. These are things that I know about myself. And so once I got really clear about that, but mostly, Rob, not even just getting clear, but really looking at the impact that it had on me, my soul, my character, and the future that I wanted to live, and how that impacted the people in my life that I say that I so call love. I was like, I gotta do something about this. So where does that start? That starts with being mindful. That starts with being intentional, with every single thing that I say and that I do. My thoughts may come rampant, right? Because I have a quick mind. I mean, I get, you know, but it's which of those thoughts are pure? And when I say pure, which of those thoughts are aligned with my values and my morals, and come from a very God-centered, soul-centered place? I'm going to use those thoughts, and I'm going to speak from from those thoughts. I am not going to speak from a place of getting what I want from you, right? And so, coming from a very pure place of I have value to offer, rather than you got you have something that I need. It's just a shift in conversation. But you got to know the conversation that you're having within yourself to even to even understand what's going on. I'm very aware that I can manipulate. I am very aware that I can lie to get what I want. I, I, know how, I know how to live that life. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. I know how to get anything that I want. I'm very clear about that, but I didn't want to identify with that anymore. So in order for me to create a new identity, I had to first understand this, this former, this former um, operating system right? that I had, that, that had gotten me to this point but it was not gonna get me to where I wanted to go. There's no way I could have stayed sober for almost a year, right, in two weeks, a year, if I was continuing to operate under that system. So I had to get really clear and really honest with myself and be willing to be called out and it was humiliating because we'd be in group therapy and my counselor would call me out. Like, he would just he, he, would, he would just say to me, I would talk out of turn in group therapy and he would just be like, Vasavi, why do you need to be the center of attention right now? He would just call me out and it was humiliating, but it got me to stop and be like, oh, I'm trying to be the center of attention right now. I, it, it was things like that. So you got to be willing to get called out. And if you don't have someone in your life to get you called out, please find someone who is, who is willing to play that role and start calling yourself out. That's it.
0: Is, um, you know, when the difficult part for me here is to try and process everything that you're saying, because there's so many different points. Like I want to run on and talk, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned though, and it, it just kind of, I mean, being manipulative, trying to get what we want. Cause I really thought that was a righteous statement about what you said in terms of, you know, what I can, what what value I bring rather than what I need from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, can you discuss then those emotions of fear and, um, in, in opposed to like the, the the emotions like abundance and love.
1: Yeah, so it's like, suppose you're in business, right? And we, we, we need others to operate, it, you know, in life and in business, right? But you could be wanting to collaborate with someone on a project, okay? Or wanting to be a guest on somebody's podcast, like I am today with yours. And you could come from a place of fear and say, this person's going to say no to me. Uh, I'm not good enough. They're going to reject me. What do I need to say in order for them to say yes to me? Right. And so you're coming from a place of it's not going to work out. I'm not good enough. I'm already expecting no. How do I manipulate my words in a way to get what I want? That's one aspect versus second aspect. Let's talk about abundance is, wow, this person has a great podcast. Their audience is someone that I would love to share my story with. I feel like the experiences that I have, the content that I have could be very valuable to this audience. I wanna be able to convey that to this podcast host. Let him know, hey, I have this, this, this to offer. I think we'd have a great conversation. And if he says no, I'm okay with it. Completely different mindset. Completely different mindset. And I'm telling you, Rob, nine out of 10 times, and that's just my little conversion rate, when I come from abundance, whether or not you say yes or no to me doesn't matter but I feel better. Like at the end of the day, right, it doesn't matter whether you say yes or no to me, I feel better and I can look at myself in the mirror and I don't feel unworthy at the end of the day. All I care about is do I respect my reflection when I look back at the end of the day? So if you say yes to me, great. If you say no to me, great. I just gotta come from a place of you saying yes or no to me in any endeavor has no effect on my self-worth. that's, that's I think is, is the most important thing as far as coming from fear versus abundance. Was that clear? So like, that as an,
0: so as an addict as well, and, and, and I'm always thinking about in terms of like performance, cause I mean, but I, I'd love it if I wasn't performance driven. Right. But I am, you know,
1: there's so, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. Yeah. And,
0: and, but, uh, so the emptiness that you felt before, I mean, you'd be on TV, you get the, the affirmation, get the, wow, like way to go look great. That was a great show. And then the emptiness would be there because no matter what, you were still trying to get that outside affirmation from people, whereas opposed yes. to that shift then became of you coming from your true self and and one of abundance, that the results didn't matter as much anymore. Is that is that about right?
1: It it's I wanna say results do matter for me. Okay, so but yeah. but but yes, results absolutely matter for me. I'm 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 I, I do not like wasting my time or energy. I'll be really honest with you. But my life had to get the way my life looked is that I had to lose everything in order for me. The only focus that I had was to focus on my inside. And for your listeners, you do not have to lose everything. You can do this work right now. I'm not telling you to stop your business, sabotage your business, anything, but put as much importance on your inside as you do on performing and achieving results on the outside. That's what I'm saying.
0: When it comes to you, um, counseling and coaching others mm-hmm. um you know again you talk about knowing yourself so you can do be and have anything you want i love that line I Man, it's great um, you can have
1: it you can have it we no, can buy
0: well, I, I'll, I'll borrow it i'll borrow it and i'll uh, i'll give you i'll give you the royalties How about okay that? <laughs> that's great <laughs>
1: um
0: where do you see that most people need to start in terms of you know the the better version of themselves
1: Well, with my clients, I'm thinking about the roster of clients that I work with now. And I think the one thing that they all have in common is that they are still trying to make everyone happy around them. I I, I work predominantly with women and I have a few good men that I work with, but everyone is still trying to make sure that they keep up appearances with other people, that they're not pissing anybody off, that they're not gonna eventually be alone, because if I say no, you're not gonna like me, and if you don't like me, I don't have a friend. If I don't have a friend, that I'm gonna be alone. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. If I'm a loser, I'm gonna be alone. If I'm not successful, I'm gonna be alone. If I become too successful, I'll be alone. At the end of the day, we all just fear that we're gonna be all alone, right? And what I help my clients with to see, see is develop that relationship with yourself, and do the very thing that you are most terrified of doing. And what you'll find is you are, you will begin to respect and love and really honor yourself for the limitless being that you are. And I, I'm, I'm not saying like go ahead and be alone and, and and like screw you know you know forget everybody. What I'm saying is though every single person that I work with is so terrified to upset others. And to not say the right thing and do the right thing. And it's like, what is the right thing anyway? What is the right thing? Just say what's in your heart. That inner voice inside of you that's whispering to you, that is the right voice that you need to be listening to. And we have cut ourselves off from that voice. I mean, I, I definitely had cut that m- myself off from that voice. And so the people that come to me, My number one goal is I want you to start listening to that voice again. I will not heal you. Trust me, I am not a healer. I'm not going to heal you. But I will help you heal yourself by giving you permission, right? Like I'm giving you the permission to listen to yourself. And sometimes all it takes is another human being to just hear you out and validate you. Be like, you know what? You're not crazy for feeling that way. You're not crazy for wanting that thing. You're not crazy for wanting to walk away from that relationship. That voice inside of you will never steer you wrong. And so I really love my clients to start listening to themselves again. Right. That's that's my only job. I don't need you to follow my formula, my formula or whatever. It's not even a formula. It's worked for me. All I can do is share. But you already have the answer inside of you but if well, you can't solve a problem with the same broken mind that fixed that 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 created the problem you can't you you so you got to step outside of yourself you got to talk to someone who's maybe walked a similar path who's absolutely walked a similar path and who has dealt with those same demons to kind of say like hey do you notice that you're doing this do you notice that you're talking to yourself in that way do you notice that you're dimming your light that you're shrinking do you notice that you are never enough for you that no matter how well you do on the golf course or, or at work or whatever, it's never enough for you. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why it's never enough for you.
0: Let's, let's not talk about the golf course. anymore, Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, well, that's off limits. You should have told me that we will not talk about the golf course.
0: No, I'm just kidding with you. That's good. Um, how, how do we get away from caring about what people think about us? I mean, how do we? How do we do that? Like, what's the simple way? We just start with that.
1: So I, I'm, I'm, am I'm a huge pen to paper kind of girl. So I think what I would do first and foremost, if I, if, you know, if I want your listeners to do this right now, is to take out a piece of paper, write down the five things that you've been hesitating to say or do, whether in your life or business, and next to those five things I want you to write down who are you most afraid of disappointing or upsetting or letting down if you do those things. When I knew I should have walked away from my marriage, I was afraid to do that because I thought my parents would emotionally cut me off and you know w- which they did. When I uh, was in a relationship with an addict, I was I was afraid to leave because I didn't want to let him down. And um, when I haven't taken certain risks in my business, putting myself out there, putting out more raw content, being more direct, like the way I am with you now, right now, Rob, super super direct and clear. I wasn't always like this, and I've held back on a lot of things in my content back in the day because I didn't want to come off too rough around the edges. I didn't want to come off too brash because I'm a nice Indian girl, right? I can't come off like that. I don't want to turn people off. Who was I afraid of disappointing? Some Some invisible fans on social media? Who cares? Sorry so i was always trying to and i think and i if your listeners are for anything alike which i'm sure we are because you know we're on the same podcast here is that like we're afraid of disappointing people we're afraid of people not liking us and us coming off as mean or this or, or too much or all of these things and it's like ultimately that you know in order for you to fit in you're going to have to betray yourself so if that is if that is something you are willing to do go right ahead so what, I,
0: what do you mean by betray yourself
1: well think about it right when i so suppose suppose I'm on this podcast. I'm on this podcast, right? You're asking me a question. And I want to say I'm very direct. I, if you notice, I don't really pause between our questions because the, the thought comes to me. I just say it because I know my habit of filtering, 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 making sure it comes out just right, right? I, that, yeah, it, that,
0: it's interesting because I do pause. But go ahead. Pa- pausing, <laughs>
1: pausing is okay. Pausing is okay when you're thinking about something. I know in my life I have I have tendencies of – Wanting to filter it so I don't come off as too much or don't come off as too aggressive. Pausing is great. Sitting still is great. Thinking is great. I'm talking about in terms of like, oh, I want this to come out in a way that's going to be palatable for the audience, and then I end up diluting my message. So I would say, inst- I, and I'm so sorry. What was the what was the original question? I just forgot the original question. <laughs>
0: I forgot the original question too.
1: (laughs) It was great though. We were on a roll. I was, uh, oh my God, I'm having a total brain fart right now. I think it was, uh, coming off and just kind of like saying clearly what we want to say and instead of, oh, this is what it would have been in the past. In the past, I would have diluted my message down and now it's just saying what is being channeled right? Like I get, I get, oh my God, I'm going to sound very woo woo right now, but I get these downloads. I'm just like, okay, this is, there's no pause between like you, you ask me a question, I got the answer, I say it. That's it. And so there's no dilution for me. And I know in the past I've diluted my message a lot because I'm afraid it's going to come off the wrong way. But what I've come to terms with anything that is coming from a very pure place. And I am in here, I am on here right now to provide the utmost value to your audience. Nothing that I can say can come off as wrong because it's coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that answered your original question, but it's all good. That was yeah.
0: Well, I do have another question. Yeah, is um, was your worst moment your best moment?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't regret. It was. It. I don't regret any of it. Obviously, now looking back, because of where I am now, I can say that. If that had not happened, my hinge moment, I would not be where I am today. Or it would have taken me much longer. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know the timeline. It's God's timeline. I'm just. I'm just here for the ride. I have no idea. But I don't regret it at all. Every nothing. Not not the toxic relationships. Not the cocaine. The rehab. Nothing. None of it.
0: Yeah. Don't regret yeah. the past. Nor should shut the door on it. You yeah. Let me, let me ask you another question in terms of the success that you've had in your life. Did you ever have that moment where you held up the trophy, right? So you had that moment that it was supposed to be the best feeling ever, Mm -hmm. um, outside of substances, but that Mm -hmm. you were supposed to have the best feeling ever just through your accomplishment, through your performance. Mm -hmm. And did, uh, and my question is this, is how long did that feeling last before it was, is that it or okay, now what?
1: 30 seconds, 30 seconds.
0: What, what yeah. was that moment?
1: I would say it was, I was actually on a podcast. Um, it, it, it was, it, it was a financial trophy for me. Okay. If we have to, yeah. I, I had, so I was newly divorced. I was on my own financially, which was, I had never been financially on my own cause I was married and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I, you know, I remember working for myself getting back into my coaching business in 2015. I was on a really big podcast middle of 2015. So it might've been like March of 2015, and the podcast interview went really, really well. And I made an offer to the audience um, to come talk to me on the phone and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, it, w- it was is all part of my funnel, right? You got on the phone and I, and you know, I offer you one of my packages. And I made $13,500 in that one day. I collected. It was actual collection because I, I put, you know, deposits, whatever. And I remember being like, oh, I'm set. I'm s- like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? I felt really good. And then within 30 seconds, the feeling went away because then it was like, all right, now what? Now what do I do? Because I, I made all this money in one day. I'm proud of myself, but now what? I don't ever want to be left with that now what feeling again. I will never I will never feel I refuse I refuse to let myself have that feeling again. And that was that's all in part because of my hinge moment. Because I refuse to ever feel that empty again.
0: So how do And that's why I made yeah So when you have, when you have that financial trophy or if a listener has that trophy moment then um, what is it that they have to do to not have that feeling of, of now what, what's the,
1: I, I can't tell you what to, what to do when you, if, if not to have that feeling, because you, you're you going to have that feeling, sure, right? If you, sure. you're going to have the feeling, this is what I would say. I actually had, uh, a, a trophy moment yesterday. It's so small, but I want to, I want to bring it to your listener for a second. When you have that trophy moment, this is what I want you to do. So you have that huge spike, right? You're like, yep. yes, I've done it in that very moment before you let it drop, I need you to say thank you. I need I need you to stop and just say thank you. I don't care who, if, if you're saying thank you to a tree, to God, to, have, to whoever yourself, I just need you to say thank you so much. Like you go from that peak and you, you, you hit that gratitude. You, you gotta you got say thank you so much because then it's not like, yes, I've done this. I'm amazing. It's like, yes, awesome. And it humbles you immediately. It humbles you to realize you did not get here on your own. I know, I know as a, as an egotistical entrepreneur that I want to think that I did it on my own, but I didn't, there's no way I did it on my own. There is something bigger than me guiding me. You could call it whatever you want, but you got to say thank you in that moment. You have to, it's the only way that it will help you from crashing. so gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like, and I, I had that moment yesterday and it was like, I said thank you. I must have said thank you about 12 times. I just, I was right here, like exactly right where I'm sitting here. I had that moment and I just look up and I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I, I spiked. I definitely spiked. And then instead of crashing, it kind of plateaued a little bit. It was like, okay, got to get back to even. I got to, I got to, got to get back to that even because like I'm here, I go from here. And I, I, I know your listeners can't see the visual, but I'm spiking up. And instead of being like, oh, like that, I had to paper it, level yeah. it out.
0: I love those because it's the, you know, the mountaintop moment, right? Like, yeah. you know, but the thing is, is if we ever look at any big mountains, like nothing grows up there, man. Like you can't live up yeah. there. Like <laughs> yeah. you gotta live at the Valley, man, where that growth really takes place. And, yeah. and you know this, but I mean, most, most deaths happen on the descent from Mount Everest, not on the way up. You wow. know? So it's always, yeah. that. um, uh, one more question and then I want uh, you to share about where our listeners can, uh. Can get a hold of you and follow you and, and learn more about you know what you can help how you can help them. But uh, what question should I be asking that I'm not asking?
1: I love that. Oh my God, that's great. Give me. I'm gonna pause for a second because I want to. <laughs> I, I, I want to. I want it to you know come be a true one. Be be a pure question. Um, give me a second. I'm pausing. I'm. I, I I'm just okay. Hold on. Let me think. I'm going to keep it simple. Um, What is your worst fear? I want you to ask me what my worst fear is.
0: What is your worst fear?
1: My worst fear is this is the dialogue that I have with myself daily. It's Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything I should be doing. I'm sober. I'm living an honest life. I'm treating people well. I'm managing my money well. I pray to God. I treat my family well. I treat myself well. What if it's not enough? What if I'm doing all the right? I, I'm finally living according to my my values, and, and what if I don't get there? And so there's like this this there that I have in my head, which requires me to have to. Brought back to the present, but it's like, what if I'm doing all these? You know, because in my mind, it's like, well, I was making like ten thousand a month, and I guess I had a cocaine addiction, but I was still making ten thousand a month. I was doing, you know, there's this rationalization that I I always have had in my head. Well, I mean, come on, it wasn't that bad, you know, that conversation, and then I remember, okay, where I'm at now. But that is the fear. It's like I'm doing all the right things. Okay, God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm I'm staying sober. I'm 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 being intentional I'm being mindful I'm I'm taking care of myself are you gonna give me what I want that's the it's it, I can't even believe I'm admitting this it's like what are you God are you gonna give me what I want and I have that entitled conversation with my higher power like you're gonna give me what I want right you know what I want right I'm doing everything you're asking me to do you're gonna give me what I want right that's the conversation. Do I do Do I know that that comes from a comes from a very broken thinking? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what I do in that moment is I got to check myself and I got to say, you're not doing this for anyone but for yourself. You yeah. are on this. It's just it's just the nature of my mind. It's just my, I know where my mind goes. My mind is always what's in it for me. What's all this for? Here I am doing this in, inner work. I'm doing all this inner work. I here I am doing all this inner, <laughs> what the hell? Like what, what I need to see it manifest. I need, I need, I, I need that bank account to go back up to this. I need this. I need the accolade. I need this. What is all the point of this intangible inner work? So that is the, that is a dialogue that I have to address almost on a daily basis. And the longer I stay sober and I keep doing there, and as long as I don't sway, I'm good. And that's, that's how I, that is how I make peace with myself.
0: When when I ask that question,
1: yeah.
0: When when I ask that question, um, you know, what's in it for me? I I hear the answer. God it God says, uh, "Hey, ask me again tomorrow." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's I, I I will borrow that from you. That's a good one. You got it.
0: Yeah. Uh, where where can our listeners? Because uh, I know you have a lot to, to offer. I uh, really appreciate this conversation. It's it's fantastic. Um, where uh, where can our listeners um, follow you? Learn more about you.
1: You can go to my website at okay. VasaV. Um, and I'll post I do, a link, uh, of course. Of course, thank you. Yeah. And I'm also on Instagram. Uh, it's actually funny. My handle is Higher Vasavi, H-I-G-H-E-R, like my higher self. My higher Vasavi, it's just a play on words. Hire me. Um, but uh you can also find me on Instagram. I post daily videos, a lot of good content, uh, multiple times throughout the day, just to kind of get people feeling good, courageous, confident in their skin. And uh I'm I'm very open to conversation. So I'm, I'm accessible. So if you, if anything here resonated with you, please reach out to me and go to my website and you can contact me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate
1: Thanks, that. Thank you, Rob.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at DrRobBell.com.